Now today's federal newscast. A federal district judge rules nine key provisions in the president's executive orders on collective bargaining, official time, and employee removals are invalid. The U.S. District Court for D.C. issues a highly anticipated decision on a legal challenge to the president's EOs from a coalition of over a dozen federal unions. Judge Katanji Jackson says the president did not overstep his executive or constitutional authority by issuing the executive orders, but nine key parts of them conflict with what Congress originally intended for federal labor management relations. The U.S. Court of Appeals opens the possibility for veterans to file suits collectively instead of as individuals. A panel of judges on the Court of Veterans' Appeals says veterans could file class action lawsuits for appropriate cases in the future. The decision could have big implications for veterans awaiting a decision on their claims. The judges acknowledge situations where a common cause is behind the delay for several veterans' claims. An agency watchdog says the IRS could do more to fight business identity theft. The Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration says the IRS paid over $200 million in potentially fraudulent tax refunds to more than 15,000 businesses in 2017. Tigda says the agency does not evaluate employment tax returns for signs of identity theft. Agencies are confident they'll meet an upcoming deadline to make the government less dependent on paper records. A new report from the National Archives and Records Administration shows 98% of agencies think they'll manage all permanent records in an electronic format by the end of 2019. The deadline is part of NARA's Federal Electronic Records Modernization Initiative, or FERMI. The agency says it'll stop accepting non-electronic records in 2022. There are new steps federal contractors should take to comply with compensation and affirmative action practices. The Labor Department issues new initiatives, including ones which set up new steps contractors should take to ensure they have an affirmative action program. Another one launches a new program to recognize contractors who are good models for compliance. Labor's Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs says it was concerned previous directives did not give contractors the guidance they needed. The Senate is enlisting white hat hackers for one of its newest networks. The Senate is moving to a voice over IP network and needs help making sure it's secure. The Sergeant at Arms releases a solicitation for a contractor to perform cyber resiliency and a risk assessment for the Senate's VoIP network. The vendor will perform five tests, including mapping and identifying all active devices on the network and looking at wireless networks and attempting to gain access through them. Additionally, the contractor will identify key issues surrounding IT vulnerabilities and recommend ways to fix them. Responses to the RFP are due September 7th. I'm Jason Miller. The Senate also wants to add some independent oversight of the Defense Department's $5.5 billion electronic health record. Federal News Radio's Jared Serbu has details. An amendment added to the Senate's latest minibus appropriations bill would require the Government Accountability Office to conduct an in-depth review of MHS Genesis within the next six months. Senators approved the provision 95-0. to zero. They want GAO to analyze how the system's been working at the four hospitals and clinics where it's been deployed so far and describe what deals has done to remedy problems after initial tests found the system to be not operationally effective. Jared Serbu, Federal News Radio. The Army's future command is officially a reality. The command is now an initial operating capability and headquartered in Austin, Texas. Futures Command Leader General John Murray assumed command last Friday and received his fourth star. The command will have one year to reach full operating status. And the Navy Space and Naval Warfare Systems Center awards a big contract for cybersecurity supplies and services. More now from Tom Temin in today's management report. The long-anticipated indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity deal goes to five companies. They'll support Spaywar's cyber mission. Winners in the nearly billion-dollar deal are Cambridge International, Grove Resource Solutions, PeopleTech, Systems Technology Forum, and UEC Electronics. They'll supply wireline and wireless communications monitoring equipment, plus sustainment and maintenance worldwide. 
The contract is for five years plus two option years. I'm Tom Temin. Find these stories at federalnewsradio.com and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White.